everybody welcome to sunday night service amen who is glad to be in the house of the lord tonight with us yeah hey it's already been dark for like three hours isn't this great i love it yeah you know why i love it because it means that summer is no longer here and we are just about there man so praise the lord let's go ahead and stand up together tonight we're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the united states of america and we are going to see America come to Jesus. And we're just claiming wonderful victories for the righteous on this coming Tuesday. Amen. All right. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise. And you may be seated. All right. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm chewing gum tonight, which I haven't done in years. But my man over here, Rebel, just blessed me with a stick of tropical fruit Trident gum. So yeah, shout out to Rebel. Kind of liking this. I feel you know chomping gum while you're talking. It's kind of cool. Also, um, going to get into some announcements here. First of all, Josh wanted to thank everybody for the hugs he received. He got about a hundred hugs. You want to say something? Thank the people, Josh. Thank the people. Oh, that's all he's got. Oh, that was weak. All right. Wow. In fact, we're going to be preaching on thankfulness yes, in just a couple. Yes, uh, I will let you know that my uh, my dear beloved brother Dave has it coming to him very what? soon. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. If you're looking for an example of how to be a mature Christian, don't look over there because listen, you forgive and you forget. You got to let stuff go. He holds on to it like you know last week's chili. Let it go, okay? It was over with, okay. Uh, wow, let's get going because this is not a good start. Uh, alright, if you're, if you don't have a seat yet, make your way to your seats. We've got a lot of people just chilling. Alright. <laughs> let's throw them under the bus. Uh, let's see. Operation Christmas Child. The gifts, uh, they need to be turned in this week so we can get them mailed out. Uh, so if you signed up and you've got a gift, we got a whole table full back there. But go ahead and we need those in by Wednesday so we can mail them out on Thursday. And so they will distribute those all over the world to the children that are uh, going to be getting those. So that's awesome. Good job. We Every single box we had come in, uh, and we got them all filled by church members. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, women's meeting is this Friday at 6.30. Ladies, are we excited? Yeah. So you're going to bring some comfort food to share. And uh, we made the decision this morning that you're going to wear comfortable clothing. So uh, you're wearing your pajamas if that's what you so choose to do. So good for you. That'll be fun. Make sure you stop by Food for Less afterwards so you fit right in. All right. And then also, um, Pastor Katie, I'm just, something happened today. I'm being mean tonight. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. This is not right. That's not good. Um, but Pastor Katie's going to be preaching on the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So it'll be an evening of comfort for those that need comforted. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, let's see. The Christmas came early party is also coming up. Yes. This is just one of our wonderful cornerstone events of the entire year. Sunday night, the 27th at 6 p.m. So it'll be, um, you know, kind of during what the, would be the 6 p.m. service. At each family bring a dozen cookies to share. And then we're going to have the drinks provided. Uh, so that's taken care of. And then we always do a gift exchange. You don't have to be in the gift exchange. But if you want to be in the gift exchange, um, we're going to do uh, anybody that's ages 15 and up will count as an adult. There's a $5 limit on that gift. And um, if for children under that age, they can get, bring a gift of like a dollar value and that will exchange gifts. It's super fun and it gets pretty wild and heated because you are allowed to steal from each other like a couple times. So it can get it can get real intense. All right, Pastor Katie, come on up. She's got something good. I can tell when she's got that look. She's got something good going. What's up? He just knows that I'm giving him the eye from the front row like I'm looking at you. Looking at you. Hi, friends. Um, okay, so very last minute, we're doing a decor meeting, meaning if you like to decorate or make things or build things, we need your help. So normally we invite Michael Cabrera, which we can't do because he's doing the platform. So he can't help with Christmas. So I need builder people. And I need, you know, dainty ladies who like glitter. Um, I don't know that we're even allowed to use glitter, but Julie will be hosting. 
Lauren says no glitter. Julie will be hosting this Thursday at 7 o'clock in Victory Hall, a decor meeting. So if you would like to be a part of that team and help decorate for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, please meet us this Thursday the 10th at 7 o'clock. And if you would like to pray with me at the city council meeting tomorrow and fill a seat to be a peacemaker, meet me at 530 in front of City Hall. All right. Wow. Praise the Lord. Very good. Yes. Very good. Exciting what we're doing there. Um, all right. And then we've got the Christmas concert with Laura Cook. All right. That's going to be on Friday, December the 16th. And we've been wanting to do this for years and years. So this is going to be an awesome, awesome time together. And she's bringing her band in and everything. It's going to be just the full the full thing and of course the stage and everything will be done by then so it's going to be a beautiful awesome evening you can invite friends and family that night it's a great opportunity to get them to come in and hear the gospel uh, because not only is it a christmas concert she also has then you know an evangelistic reach with this and it would be a really really good night to get people into church and to hear the good news about jesus amen who thinks that sounds really good all right well, who knows what time it is now? You didn't sound that happy. Who knows what time it is now? <laughs> oh, we're getting there. We'll get there. All right. Well, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 23. If you need an envelope, you can raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. If you're giving online, go to hdwc.org slash giving. And we're going to look in the Bible tonight at Matthew 23, verse 23. And uh, we'll be in the NLT on this. And this is an interesting verse because people often say, you know, well, tithing is not in the New Testament and Jesus never talked about it. And I would have to say, well, Jesus talked about it in Matthew 23. He even straight used the word tithe. And so we're going to look at that right here. Matthew chapter 23. And Jesus is in a nice conversation here with the Pharisees. And of course, they were usually kind of wanting to give him some trouble. But he says this to them. And it's a very interesting verse. Matthew 23. In verse 23, he says, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now check this out. You should tithe. Yes. Did Jesus ever say that you should tithe? I mean, I just read it right there. He's literally verbatim said, You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And so Jesus didn't say, you know, hey, guys, nah, don't even worry about tithing that. We don't even need to talk about that. No, Jesus straight up said, you should tithe, yes, but don't ignore the other parts of the word. And so, you know, there's people even to this day that do that. Like they think that because they tithe, they can just ignore the other parts of the Bible, like loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, living by faith, justice, and mercy, and the things that Jesus talked about right there. And he said, no, no, no. Some of those things are more important than tithing. You get that, right? I mean, it's more important to love your neighbor. It's more important to, to love Jesus, of course. But here's the thing. When you love him, you'll obey his word. That's what he said in John 14 and verse 15. And so if anyone ever says, well, it's so important, how come Jesus never even mentioned it? I would say, well, he did straight up mention it. And uh, he straight up said, yes, you should tithe. Just don't ignore the other parts of the word. And so I encourage you with that tonight that 
Jesus believed in tithing. Jesus told us to do it. And so as we do it, you should know that you are obeying Jesus and not just the Old Testament law. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Going to get into some worship this evening and have a really good time in the word of God. It is going to be a good night. All right, let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
gonna see a victory for the battle. Father, we thank you for your holy presence here tonight. And Lord, we're so grateful to know that we are the church. We're meeting in a building right now, but Lord, we know that when we leave, this is an empty building. But you never leave us or forsake us. You said we are your body, we are the church, and you're the head of the church. So everywhere we go, we carry your presence now. And we thank you. That there's so many of us gathered in here tonight, your presence is strong because there's a lot of vessels in here carrying this. And as we study the Bible tonight, Jesus, I want to thank you for helping me to teach accurately and clearly and simply where everybody can get it. And thank you for giving tender hearts and teachable spirits, Lord, so they can be people of great faith and move mountains change things in their families, on their jobs, in the realm of influence, everywhere they go, Lord, because I know that we are gospel carriers. We carry the gospel and we carry the anointing. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be teaching about how to pray the prayer of faith. How to pray the prayer of faith that if you uh, don't have a lot of knowledge of the Bible, that you might think, well, what's the prayer of faith? I thought everything was a prayer of faith. Well, it's not. And a lot of what I'm going to be saying tonight 
is same type of things Pastor Dave said this morning as his as he was teaching what he was teaching. I was thinking, wow, man, he's he's doing what I'm going to be doing tonight. See, we very seldom talk to each other about what we're going to teach because we got our separate flows. We flow in for what we're doing. So when the Holy Ghost has something this strong twice in one day, I think he wants you to get it. And so I want you to look at Ephesians chapter six, verse eighteen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. uh, I wasn't going to use this verse to start off with, but some people may not have been taught the Bible a whole lot to know there are different kinds of prayer. Ephesians 6, verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer, all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And I, I just want to look at that, folks, that part of that verse there. Other translations say all kinds of prayer, different manner of prayer. And so a lot of people think that prayer is prayer, and all they know is the Jimmy prayer. All they know is, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you give me. You know, they just, I'll take, I'll take, give, give, give like that. But there's different kinds of prayer. And I, I always think about a mechanic's toolbox, or a carpenter, or different kinds of craftsmen. Uh, you know, in a mechanic's toolbox, we don't just have a pair of pliers at Bailey Wire. And we don't just have sockets. Man, especially today, there's so many different kinds of sockets, so many different kinds of pliers. I had one of my grandsons over yesterday. We was we was doing some things, and he opened up, opened up one of my drawers. He said, Grandpa, did you bend your pliers? I said, no, that's the new kind they make now. You get under things and do things with it there. So lots of different kinds of pliers. And a lot a lot of, uh, a, a lot of what we call, back in Indiana, we called shade tree mechanics. They think the main thing, you got's a hammer. You know, you just beat on it. You know, if it's not if it's not working, hit it. And something will start working. They just beat things up like that. Well, it's like a lot of Christians. They think that just one kind of prayer. I say, Father, my name's Jimmy. I take all you give me. Bless my four no more. That's all I pray. But I just, I just wrote down, just off the top of my head, a few of the different kinds of prayer. And this, this, look at these like tools in your toolbox. You know, sometimes sometimes you need a different kind of pliers, a different kind of screwdriver, or a different kind of wrench. If you don't know what it is to use, you're probably going to burger up the job. You're not going to get it done. You're going to mess up parts. But here's here's some of the prayers that I just wrote down. That's part of my pretty much part of my everyday prayer toolbox. The prayer petition. The prayer petition. That is what I jokingly call the Jimmy prayer. That's Philippians 4, 6, to be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And you know, the Bible hasn't changed. It doesn't say let your requests be known unto Facebook. You know, if Christians quit letting the requests be known unto Facebook, but unto God, you might get more answers. But anyway, that's the prayer petition. It's the prayer of asking for something. Then you got the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. That's Matthew eighteen nineteen. If any two on earth shall agree as touching anything they shall ask, it'll be done by the Father. And so that's the prayer that like Pastor Dave talked about this morning when he had when he had leukemia and go through that pain. I, I told I told my friend it was about midnight. He got off the post office, I think like eleven thirty, and went straight to the post office of the hospital where I was in the room with Pastor Dave. And he said, Bernie, is there anything that I can do? He said, What what could I do? And I said, Gary, my faith is all spent for healing. 
I said, we got the healing taken care of. I mean, this is when it looked like dead, but I knew the spirit we had healing taken care of. I said, we got the healing taken care of, but I said the pain part. And so we got on Matthew 18, 19, and he said, I got faith for the pain. And I said, well, I got faith for the agreement. I said, I don't have faith for the pain. I got faith for the agreement. And so he prayed, and I agreed. And that's what he's talking about, the prayer of agreement. Sometimes, sometimes, when your faith's all spent for other areas of life, and you're with another believer, and they say, well, I'll tell you what, I got faith for that. I got faith that God will bring that money in by the time you need it. He says, boy, I'm sure glad I'm going to hook up with you, the prayer of agreement. That's a different tool. Can you see that? You've got to know which tool to use for the job you're on, whatever particular assignment is. And then also the prayer of agreement. Then you got the prayer of binding and loosening. The prayer of faith and the prayer of agreement will not work with taking care of the devil. You've got to bind the devil. That's another prayer. But you bind the devil. You say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. I stop you right now in Jesus' name. That's not praying to the Father, but that's the prayer of binding and loosening. And that's Matthew 18, 18. And then, then you got the prayer of consecration. You got the prayer, prayer of consecration or the prayer of dedication. And sometimes you're going through things in life and like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what God wanted him to do. His spirit was willing, but his flesh was hurting. And so he came, he came to the Father and said, Father, he said, finally, he said, if there's any other way, he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I consecrate myself. I'll finish what was started. And so in your life sometimes, there's things in your life that you know in your heart God wants you to do. I'll tell you what, in our lives, to go from uh, Indiana to here, after living out there for over half a century, to come to California, and all we knew about California, we just heard about this country that was the land of nuts and flakes. And so we, Mrs. Pastor and I, we consecrated ourselves and dedicated ourselves, Lord, nevertheless, not our will, but thy will be done. And we went ahead and followed through with the plan. How many are glad we did? Amen. And so that's, a, that's another kind of prayer, that prayer of consecration. And then you got the prayer of praying in the Spirit. And that's praying in other tongues. That's another kind of prayer. You've got to know sometimes, sometimes in life, you do not know what to pray for your head. And Romans 8, 26 and 27 tells us that when you pray in the Spirit, it's the Father in you praying through you. And it says he prays the will of the Spirit to be done. So you're looking at situations in life sometimes, you just got to start praying in tongues and say, Lord, I don't know what else to do. Because the prayer of binding and loosening and all these other kinds of prayers are not going to work right then because you don't know what God's will is for sure. So you, you pray in the Spirit, and then there's a prayer of thanksgiving. The prayer of thanksgiving. You don't bind the devil with the prayer of thanksgiving. You don't ask him for things the prayer of thanksgiving. There's sometimes when you're all out of everything else to do, and you just got to get on your knees if you can, and just open up your heart, open up your mouth, and just begin thanking him and praising him, and we, we, know, we, we know in the Old Testament many times when the worshipers, the praisers come out with thanksgiving and praise, all the time we say, praise the Lord for his good, for his mercy endures forever. That's right out of the Bible. So many times when there was battles to be fought, it looked like the, the, the enemy was so, was, was so much greater than what was going on around you, the help you had. The prayer of thanksgiving brings God on the scene. 
And things, that's different kinds of prayer. And so we're going to talk about the prayer of faith tonight. And so I want to make a statement here that if you're a serious student of the Word, you're taking notes, you want to write this down, what I'm going to say. The Lord gave this to me way back, way back about, well, matter of fact, about September of the year 2000. I know exactly when he gave it to me. And he made this statement to me concerning prayer. Now listen to this because this may be an eye opener to you. Every prayer should be prayed in faith. But every prayer is not the prayer of faith. I'll give you a chance to write that down. I'll say it again because that's something you need to know. Every prayer should be prayed in faith. But every prayer is not the prayer of faith. Now we're going to look at the prayer of faith. Go over to James chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. You know, I can't think of anything else in life I'd rather do than teach the Bible to people and help people get an understanding to how to live a victorious Christian life. After we had uh, Miss Barstow here this morning, how many appreciate Miss Barstow being here in our church? At her, I like what she said. I like what she said. Let me ask you this. What kind of church are we? What do we do here? What am I doing right now for you? We're equipping you for victorious Christian living. And we'll get, get you promoted past the Jimmy prayer. And growing up a little bit. James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Knowing with all in the name of the Lord. And the what? Prayer of faith. See, we're talking about the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And so back in in, uh, early January of 2018, I called for the elders of this church to pray the prayer of faith over me. And what did the prayer of faith do? It did what God said it would do. It healed me. The prayer of faith, God said, will heal the sick. And so that's what we're going to teach tonight how to pray the prayer of faith, because you've got to learn this if you're going to get great victories, if you're going to move mountains. The prayer of faith moves mountains. How many know that leukemia, stage 4 blood cancer, I think about what the models went through a few years ago and things like that, they learned how to pray that, learned how to stand on that. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. And, you know, I've walked in this so long, to me things like this are as easy as breathing or sleeping or getting up or anything else in life. It's just a part of my life. It's in my, it's in my spiritual DNA. And so my job is to get it into you to where you're able to do this. And so I do not want to focus on the elders of the church. You see it says call for the elders of the church. Well, they do their part. But verse 15 says the healing comes from the prayer of faith. How many know there's probably a lot of church elders around America that do not, they don't know how to pray the prayer of faith? They don't have a clue what the prayer of faith is. They might be called elders, but unless they ought to pray the prayer of faith, nobody's going to get changed. But the good news is you do not have to be a church elder to know how to pray the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will work for everyday Christians anywhere, anytime when they're taught. And so I'm going to teach on the prayer of faith. And just remember this. It's not some special gift. It's not the gift of special faith from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's not that at all. The prayer of faith is that Pastor Dave said this morning, this is a skill. 
this is a worker scale that, that a prayer worker, and you're a prayer worker if you work in the arena of prayer. And so the prayer of faith is a skill that can be learned, can be developed, and you get better and better at it. Just like any of your jobs, what you're on, the things you do, when you first got there, you were like a calf looking at a new gate. You know, I just think about some place in life I've been. I came to California, and we landed in Ontario. And that drive from Ontario to Barstow, I'd never seen desert before. And if in our hearts we didn't know that God was sending us out here, but well, I looked at all these things around, man, our eyes hadn't been that big. We, try, we, tried, to, we tried to stay cool, the people we was riding with, because we'd never seen desert. All we ever saw was cities and country, nothing like this here. We saw mountains in Pennsylvania and mountains out east, but they wasn't, they wasn't I'm going to say pretty brown mountains. Because <laughs> these mountains didn't look pretty when we first got here. Where's the trees? Where's the grass? Where's the deer we're watching out for? If you ever been to Pennsylvania, then you know when you drive through those mountains of all those pine trees, the way they are, you got to watch every step of the way for deer. You, and you're going up the, through the mountains of Pennsylvania, there's dead deer everywhere. And so we saw nothing like that here. That's how we were. But you know what? That's how some Christians are when they first start hearing things like this tonight. Thinking, wow, what's he saying? I mean, there's a way you can pray that kills cancer. There's a way you, you can pray that God will change your whole country, just, your whole company you work for just for you. He did that for me many times. Many times. I was a Teamsters truck driver, and I saw, I saw them change rules and change things just for me because I prayed the prayer of faith over jobs. God would change things. He would change who was running the company. He would pray. He would change local management. He would change Teamsters rules just because I asked him to. Do you remember when Joshua was in battle and God stopped the sun? He'll do it for you. Whatever it takes to do, he'll do if you learn how to do it. So anyway, uh, I just want, I want, I want you to notice again, it wasn't the elders that had some special power. It was the prayer of faith that the elders prayed. Amen. And so you can pray the prayer of faith. Say this, say, say, I can pray the prayer of faith. I've got the same Holy Spirit that the believers in the Bible had. Amen. So anybody, any believer can pray the prayer of faith anywhere, anytime. Now listen to this. If they're taught how. If they're taught how. And you know, in, in church like this, you guys are all really attentive and you're listening. And I know you're not goofy to have cell phones out looking at stuff and checking messages and email and then go home and say, man, I wonder what he taught. I didn't get anything out of it. Well, he's checking your emails all the time. But you guys don't do that. And so the thing is, when you take notes and you're serious about it in class, we got we got people in, in here going to college right now again and still going to college, and, man, they're acing out. They're really top of their classes because they're serious about it. And same thing with Christianity. And so anyway, uh, what is God's definition of faith? What is God's definition of faith? You know, I like Webster's and these other different places to get things, but I always like to go to the Bible to see what God's talking about. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And some of this, a lot of you have heard a lot of times, but I believe tonight there's going to be a light go off in your spirit and in your understanding. There's going to be things you've heard 
that you thought you heard, but tonight you're going to hear them. There'll be some things go off in you. And so I'll quickly read this in King James, but then I want to tell you a couple of translations to help you understand what faith is according to the Bible. It says, now faith is. Well, that's good. It starts to tell you that. You know, he's getting ready to tell you what it is because it says, here's what faith is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But the Moffat's translation is my favorite, favorite, favorite one for this verse here. The Moffat's translation says, faith is being confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. Confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. 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 Well, if you can see it, then it's not faith. As that's why this this is what this is what uh, I don't know whether the word used kills so many Christians. They're looking for manifestation. Well, I don't have manifestation yet. Well, guess what? You never will. Manifestation. If you're looking for manifestation and not looking at the Word of God, let the Word of God be first place, you're never going to get it. Well, how you doing? Well, I don't have manifestation yet. Well, I doubt you'll ever get it then because you're looking at the wrong thing. It says you can't see it. And then the Amplified Bible says, faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And I don't want to get sidetracked too much on things, but I know in my life, the way I've operated for, for over 40 years, is that if I believe in God for a healing, whether it's, whether it's major or minor, I realized a long time ago, the same anointing that heals a little infection in your finger it's the exact same anointing that heals cancer. They're not different anointings. If you, if you can believe God to get your finger healed or a sore throat, you've got cancer killed in faith. You, just, you, you can't focus on the giants. Like Pastor Dave said this morning, quit telling God how big your mountains are. Start telling your mountains how big God is. And then you perceive, but you perceive as real fact that by Jesus' stripes I was healed, then you are healed. That's the way I've operated my whole Christian life. If I was healed, then I am healed. I'm not, I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed as Satan's trying to take my healing. Amen. I'm not begging God to meet my needs. He said, I supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I tap into it with my faith and then I receive it met. But it's already met in the Spirit. And that's perceived as real fact. Well, God's already got this done. We got it. And that's why we're talking about the prayer of faith, how to hang on to things. So uh, Amplified Bible says faith is perceived as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And I want to say this again. We're talking about the prayer of faith. Every prayer, if you're worshiping God, you should, you should worship Him in faith. You know, believe that He is. He's a rewarder of those who to seek Him. If, you, if you're bringing a tithe up to the altar and you're worshiping for your tithe, you should be in faith just thanking him. And, you know, I, I heard Jerry Savell say something back in 1981 that's always stuck with me. He said, if you're a person of faith, people around you should never know if you've got a million or if you need a million. 
When you're walking in faith, it doesn't depend on what's in your billfold at the time that your needs being met. It depends on what's in your heart for the Word of God if your needs are met. Amen? And, you know, I know sometimes, sometimes I, we, went through some, we went through some scarce times in life where I would like to add a whole lot more of my billfold than air. And I tell you one thing, I learned uh, the wrong way to do it. For everything else, there's MasterCard. I found out a long time ago when MasterCard becomes your master that Jesus has to step aside. And we watch the World Series again. And every time that commercial comes on there, what's in your wallet? You know what I say? More than enough cash. More than enough cash. Not just cash. More than enough cash is in my wallet. Somebody started to clap. You can if you want to. Amen. I tell you what, the thing, things that we're teaching will free you up to live a victorious Christian life. And so anyway, how can you become confident of what you hope for, convinced of what you do not see? How can you get to the place where you perceive as real fact what is not revealed to the senses? You know, we can all grow into this. We can, we can get to this level where we've got more confidence in what God says than what we see for our eyes or hear for our ears. I want you to look at Romans ten seventeen, And, you know, the reason, after all these years of teaching the Bible, that I always, no matter how many times we've taught it, I want you to see these with your eyes. And I, I'll tell you why. I've been around so many preachers, especially when I was, when I was a young Christian and knew nothing, they say, well, y'all know what the Bible says. You know about David and Goliath? I really didn't. I wasn't raised in church. Well, y'all know about Jonah and the well? I didn't know about Jonah and the well. I wasn't raised in church. Well, y'all know the Bible says this. And you know what? After I become a Bible teacher, started studying the Bible, there's a lot of things. I heard a lot of preachers say the Bible says. I started researching the Bible myself, and the Bible didn't say it. Jesus called that to... to Traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. Some things were the traditions of men. You know, I'll tell you one thing the Bible doesn't say. They say, sometimes yes, sometimes maybe, sometimes you got to wait, just sometimes no. It doesn't say that. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If my words abide in you, ask what will be done unto you. He said a lot of things, but never said God says no. Amen. As we're talking about how to become confident and convinced, Romans ten seventeen, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me say something else then. Faith cometh by hearing, and guess what? Faith leaveth by lack of hearing. Just because you fill your gas tank up on Monday doesn't mean you're going to have a full tank on Friday if you drive. Just because you come to church on Sunday and get a full tank doesn't mean... By Saturday, you still got a full take if you used it this week. And if you're still living and breathing on the planet, you used it this week. Faith cometh by hearing. And you know what? You can say it this way. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if you're going to have faith for your prayer life, if you're going to have faith to pray the prayer of faith, you're going to have to be serious about the Word of God. And we talk about this and talk about this and talk about this, but that's because we've got to equip you. 
You've got to get a hold of this. And, you know, I think about the different people in different different skilled trades and things. Man, on these modern jobs of all the videos and everything they do, people are continuing to get more schooling than what they already know. They're all the time taking them back to basics. Back to basics. You know, something, something that I think would be nice today, back when I went to high school, we had a course I don't think it was required. It might have been called General Business. We took General Business 1 and General Business 2. And you know the main thing I remember out of General Business, although I was kind of a heathen kid that just goofed off, I remember they taught us how to balance a checkbook. And so today, uh, I still know how to balance my checkbook. And every time I go to this place, you know, we do a lot of debit cards. You want a receipt? Yeah, i got to have my receipt for my checkbook. I want my receipt. Like that. And sometimes it pays to have the receipt because then you can go back and talk to them again if you have to. But that's just a basic. Everything back to basics. But then there's another, another word that we used back then they don't use now called arithmetic. We took arithmetic. Arithmetic taught us how to, how to add and subtract, how to multiply and divide, how to do fractions, how to do decimals, those things. And you know what? Those basics still work in balancing my checkbook today. And it made it so simple on tithing. You know, if your income's not the same all the time, it's so easy. Always to move the decimal point one point to the left. That tells you your tithe. If you got a hundred dollars, just move it over one ten dollar tithe. Got a thousand dollars, move it over one hundred dollar tithe. That just makes it so easy. What I'm talking about, the prayer things I'm teaching, are basics. This is basics. These same principles I'm talking about apply for every kind of prayer and everything in your life. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And uh, I, I need to say something by the spirit that somebody needs to hear. Now listen to me. Quit praying for faith. This is right from the Holy Ghost. Quit asking for faith. You don't get faith by asking. You get faith by hearing. And so instead of praying for faith, Asking for a hunger. Asking for a hunger in your heart. Say, Lord, you said in Matthew 5, 6, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Lord, I want to thank you for a hunger for the word of God. Because you begin to eat. It's just like, it's just like strength and nourishment for, for, for your physical body. You know, don't pray for food. If you got food, eat the food. You're getting weak. You're getting weak physically. Oh, Lord, Lord, send somebody to feed me. Open up your refrigerator. Use the microwave. Get your fork out. Put some food in your mouth. And so if you want more faith, shut your stupid dumb phone off. Shut your phone off. Go into a room. Shut the TV off. Sit down. Open your Bible. Begin to read the Bible. And what's going to happen to your faith? Your faith's going to start getting built up on the inside of you. Go on YouTube. Look at some good preaching, teaching lessons. Let somebody teach you faith. And some of these uh, things we teach in the church here, if they minister to you, praise God, you can go on there, man. Uh, Forty years ago, we had to pay $5 for a stupid little cassette tape. And then if you didn't have your tape player cleaned, it would gobble it up, you lost your money. <laughs> Anybody remember those days? Better eat your tape. Oh. Anyway, I want to say that again. Somebody need to hear this. Quit asking God for faith. He's not going to answer that prayer. It's a non-scriptural prayer.
You read the Word of God and faith cometh. That's God's system. That's how you get it. So anyway, that's the only way you're ever going to have faith to pray the prayer of faith for healing or anything else that you need for yourself or others. For yourself or others. Once you get Bible faith from God's Word in your heart, you're equipped to pray the prayer of faith. And so we're equipping you tonight from the Bible how to be able to pray the prayer of faith where you can move mountains. Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 22. We're going to look at Mark 11, verse 22 through 24. Talk about praying the prayer of faith. And you know, I want to say this again. And you know, there's some things that you, you have to learn in life. You can't pray the prayer of faith for everybody. I mean, you can. But if you talk about other Christians that are lazy Christians... The prayer of faith you're praying, you may you may get results for them one time or maybe twice, but God wants the ones sitting beside you in church and with you in church, people, people that have the chance to get their own faith, he wants them to do what you did, what I do, develop their own prayer life. And so we have to understand that a lot of times we can't pray the prayer of faith, and I know that when some people come through the prayer line, uh, I guess a nice way to say it, sometimes I can just play nice prayers because I know they couldn't handle it if I told them that how you're living and what you're doing at this time has you hindered. And so I can pray the prayer of faith for you, but I might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are, because you're not living right, and you've been around long enough, you can develop your own faith. And so I prayed the prayer of faith for you when you come here 10 years ago, you knew nothing, I could pray the prayer of faith for you. You've been here 10 years, you could develop your faith and you've decided to do other things with your life. As so I can pray for mercy. I can pray for your eyes to be open to see what to do. And I can, and I can pray that you get the revelation, be your doers of the word, not hearers only. Like that. So, so the prayer of faith, you can always pray for yourself. The prayer of faith will always work for you. If you're walking with God, the prayer of faith will always work for you. And sometimes... For other people around you, but not all the type of people around you, they got their own will. And that's why, did, did you ever notice in the Gospels, you'd have a blind man be coming to Jesus, and Jesus would say, what do you want? Well, it ought to be obvious that he, wants, uh, he ought to want his sight, but I've had people come to me that had serious things, and I'd say, well, what do you want? They'd say, well, uh, I'd like to be able to get on that program, they'll give me a free this. I say, okay, I don't need prayer for healing for this one. They're not believing for healing. They want the free. Or they want the benefits of having a lifetime of disabilities, getting a free check. And so the prayer of faith won't work to get them healed because they got healed, they'd have to work. You know, that's not, I'm not be funny. I'm just saying you have to know when you're praying for somebody where they stand. And if you pray the prayer of faith, God's going to move. But they got a, if they got a shield of doubt up there to block it off, then they've stopped it. Amen, amen. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus after he saith unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I like what Brother Hagin always said. He said the Hebrew, a little translate, literal translation is this, have, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. I'd like to say it this way. Use your faith like God used his faith. And why do I say that? Verse 23 will tell you why this is what Jesus is saying. Have the God kind of faith. 
And then verse 23, Pastor Dave mentioned this this morning. I had this in my notes already. The God kind of faith is Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, if you go through there, you can start, and I've got it all marked up in my Bible, uh, over and over and over again, God said, he saw what he wanted. It says, and God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. God said, let there be light, there was light. God said, let the waters cover the earth, the water covered the earth. God said, let the waters be filled with fish, and fish got in the water. God said, let the air be filled with birds, and birds came in. God said, and it was. Jesus says, have the God kind of faith where what you say is what you're going to get, and you cause things to happen. So look at this here and in verse 23. This is how God created everything, and God said for us to use our faith like he uses his faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, say unto this mountain. And the mountain is whatever it is faces you. Cancer is a mountain. Amen. Divorce, losing your loved ones, is a mountain. Losing your job is a mountain. Whatever it is in your life that's big and trying to destroy you and stop your life, that's a mountain. So whoever shall stand on this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. For myself, when I pray the prayer of faith, especially in my own life, when I'm looking at mountains, I have to close my eyes. And when I close my eyes, it gets me out of the sense realm, in the spiritual realm more. And then when I do that, you know, I don't know about you, but when I close my eyes like that, I can sense my spirit. I listen down here. And when I, when I speak to mountains, when I do things, I examine myself and I say, Lord, look at me. Look at me, Jesus. I have no doubt in my heart. Lord, I'm shutting off my head right now, and I'm praying from my heart. He says, shall I doubt in his heart? But shall believe, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And so right now, he's not talking talk about the prayer of faith. He's talking about your saying. And so like Pastor Dave talked about these skills, all these verses he gave this morning, and there's thousands more probably, that number one thing as a Christian you've got to do is train yourself shut off your senses when it comes to faith things. We need our senses because God gave them to us. You know, I think about what we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we touch, what we smell. It's really good if you're someplace to be able to smell smoke because there's a fire somewhere around you know that, hey man, you smell that, smell that, you need that. It's really good to see when you're in traffic, if somebody's running that traffic light when you're coming through there. You need your senses for a lot of things, to hear sirens, to hear people. But the whole thing is, when it comes to the faith arena, you can't go by what you see. You go by what you see in the spirit, perceive it as real fact. To me, it's just as real as anybody in here that by his stripes I was healed, so I am. It's real to me that because I'm a faithful tithing Christian, 
no matter what comes my way, God's going to rebuke the devourer for me. That's real. It's real to me. I live under the open winds of heaven. I can't be cursed because I'm blessed. I mean, that's real to me. And that needs to become real to you. Uh, here's something else for somebody, too. Some more training for your mouth and your head. Quit talking about luck. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I hear this nearly every week from somebody when I'm in here. Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor. I lucked out this week. And most of the time, I just keep my mouth shut and keep a straight face. And I think, glory to God, I'll be glad when you get it. <laughs> I got delivered from luck on January 29th, 1980. Amen. On that day, I become a new creature in Christ, and I, 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 I stepped out of lucky Lucifer's world, and I stepped into Jesus and Abraham's blessing world. I, I found out that all that luck I had, how come it was always bad luck? That was called the curse. I stepped out of that, become blessed. And so the first thing Christians need to do is to change their words by changing what they're hearing and changing what they're thinking and then changing what they're speaking. Jesus said, you have whatsoever he saith. You know, uh, when I've been diagnosed with things before, I'd never, ever, ever, I would never say uh, my cancer. I would never say my allergies. I'd never say that. That's part of the curse. I've been redeemed. Satan has tried to get me to accept his things, but I never say that. When my son David had leukemia, and they said, and we sit down and talk with people at the hospital and things like that, well, David's leukemia, I just kept my mouth shut. I said, Lord, I said, that's the only way they know to talk. I know it's not David's. We already prayed the prayer of faith. Healing's working in his body. And so, you know, you can do what you want to. I can't tell you how you live your life. But if you've been diagnosed with things, been treated for things, just... Begin to speak out loud and say, I want to thank you, Jesus. You redeemed me of that. I'll go through treatment for that, but it's not mine. I don't receive it. Amen. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And so this is how God made everything. And Jesus said, this is how the faith of God works. Number one, when you learn how to talk right, there's a lot of praying you don't have to do anymore. You take care of your everyday talk, but... Notice verse 24. At verse 24, this is the principle of the prayer of faith. Verse 24, Jesus said, therefore. Why did he say therefore? Because verse 23, he said, because you'll have what you say, what you believe in your heart and doubt not. He said, therefore, because you know you'll have what you say, therefore, I'm going to tell you how to pray. Verse 23, you'll have what you say. Now, verse 24, you'll have what you pray. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Now, here's the prayer of faith. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. When you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. When you pray, this is the prayer of faith. When you believe... What you pray, you shall have. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this was worship of the Lord a little bit ago. I just think about what I was going to preach. And it's as soon as you pray the prayer of faith, things are set in motion in the spiritual realm and begin to change. That's like the fig tree. 
this passage right here, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it started changing right then. But it took 24 hours to completely dry up off his faith. And then they saw the result. And so many times, it might be a while before you see results in the physical realm. And we're going to talk about what to do between the time that's prayed and the time you get what a lot of Christians like to call manifestation. Well, I learned many, many years ago sitting under faith teachers that manifestation could hurt you watching for manifestation because you keep on looking for something in the natural realm, you're, you're probably never going to get it. You just keep looking at the words. So I think about with the what I call the elders of this church to pray for me over in Victory Hall in January of 2018 because of how well I've been taught in this for all my Christian life, how I've helped so many other people. That's why I told the church, I said, don't ever pray for me again about this healing. You know why? Because I believed I received when prayer went up. And you know, people, people don't understand how that works. It's the same thing. The prayer of faith works for money, for family. This would you shift to gears. I got to get to where I'm going on this here. That's when you shift to the prayer of thanksgiving. That's when every time you have a pain, or if it's money, every time you still see the lack, that's when you open your mouth and say, Lord, I want to thank you. You get, you get a different tool out of the prayer box. You've already used the prayer of faith tool. You prayed for the money. You prayed for the healing. Prayed for whatever it is. That's when you pull Thanksgiving out. Every time those thoughts hit your head, it's not working. You're getting worse, not better. Never going to show up. Bills due Friday. When that happens, that's it immediately. You don't stay silent. You open your mouth. Father, I want to thank you that I prayed. Lord, I want to thank you. I prayed the elders of the church anointed me with oil. They prayed the prayer of faith. You said the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. You didn't say the prayer of faith might do something. You said it shall. And so, Lord, because you said that, and they prayed that way, I want to thank you I'm healed. And I know when I went through all the chemotherapy and all that stuff there, and man, it was just, anybody ever been through those roads, it's rough. Every pain, every injection, every diagnosis, Thank you, Jesus. The prayer of faith would pray to get better every day. Thank you, Jesus. Pray to get better every day. Well, these numbers don't look too good, Bernard. <laughs> they don't even call me Bernie in the medical place, but it's Bernard. <laughs> Mr. Samples don't look too good. And you know what I kept telling people, and I even told this church family when I was preaching, I said, you know what? It's going to come a day. They're going to give me those numbers, and they're going to say, this is strange. All it says is 1 Peter 2.24. Remember what I kept saying? They might remember me saying that. I said, they're going to come a point in time. They're going to give me the lab reports that says, we've never seen this number before. 1 Peter 2.24, don't know what that means. I said, well, good. I'm glad you're seeing it. By his stripes, I was healed. Now you see it. Amen. Anyway, that, that that's how faith works in that arena. But... Uh, Sometimes there's a point of time in between the time that you've prayed it and the time it happens. But know this, as soon as the prayer of faith is prayed, things begin to change. And so what do you do? Brother Hagin always said, keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. I, I said a lot, of his healing, a lot of his healing school classes and a lot of healing schools I taught for years. And so what that means is this. The light's right there. How many know electricity comes from wherever it comes from here to our building, comes right to the building until we turn the switch off, we don't get it. But it's there. 
Well, the power of God's present everywhere. Now, when you tap into the power of God with your faith, with the words out of your mouth, the power of God's released in whatever you're releasing it into. Whether it's the power of God to get people healed, the power of God for restoration of families, the power of God's the anointing of God. So when you when you release that power by praying, it's there. Right now, it would be terrible if one of our little ones were to go back there and turn all these lights off. We'd be sitting in the dark. And then we'd say, well, it's not working. I guess we've got a power failure. It's done. No, somebody turned the power off. Well, as soon as you begin to say, I'm looking for manifestation, don't have it, you're shutting the power off. Whether you got manifestation or not, you've got it. Because it said the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. You keep the switch of faith turned on. You keep agreeing with the Bible, what God said. Can't you see what I'm saying? And so that's what you do between the time it's prayed and the power is released. You keep it turned on. And you turn the switch of faith on with faith-filled words. You keep it on with faith-filled words. The same faith that turns it on is the same faith that keeps it on. How long you keep it on? Till you get it. And then you keep on speaking anyway. So anyway, uh, I want you to look at James chapter 1. This will be the last place we're at. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And we're, teach- we're teaching on how to pray the prayer of faith. And how to get the results that God says we can get. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And I want to say this again, just kind of what we've been saying. Faith believes it receives when it asks. Faith believes it receives when it asks, not when something shows up, because then it's not faith, it's by sight. If you've got it, why do you want to pray for it? You pray for it because you don't have it yet. But you believe you receive it, and then you'll have it. And so anyway, faith is what is not revealed to the senses. What is not revealed to the senses? If you've got it, you know, right now, uh, I don't know how much money I got in my billfold. I don't need to pray for $20. I don't need to pray for $50. I've got it. You pray for something you don't have. And so if I can see it, it's not faith. I've got it. You understand what I'm saying? That's how this whole thing works. But James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, and this here kind of clenches and brings everything together. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, well, he's talking about wisdom here, but it could be if any of you lack uh, finances. If if any of you lack in your family relationships. If any of you lack healing. This is talking about faith again. If any of you lack, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I like that. If you just take the middle part of that, if you lack, ask of God, it shall be given. Ask of God, it shall be given. But let him ask in faith. Ask in faith. That's what we're talking about. Every prayer should be prayed in faith. Nothing wavering, nothing doubting. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And that's just like people. You know, Christians. And, you know, this This is why, uh, this is just a pastoral byline to help you. This is why so many Christians are goofy Christians. They're schizophrenic Christians. They go to this church over here, doesn't really believe in healing. They go to this church over here, believes that God can, but they don't know if he will. Then they go to this church over here that says he always does, and they just back and forth, and 
And I meet people like that still that come to this church sometimes. Well, pastor, you know, I'm not just committed to any one church. Uh, I like to go to the Baptist sometimes. And you know what, pastor? Sometimes we go over here to this church. Sometimes that we just, wherever we feel led this week we go to, well, it's kind of hard if you're someplace that's good Christians, but they just believe that God can, don't know if you will. Or some other place thinks that you've got to be able to, to have this certain kind of doctrinal creed that you've said and rehearsed and passed the class for God to move in your life and then come to a place like here and we teach what we do about the positive side of it, the way he does things. It's kind of hard. You know what you are? You'll waver. You'll waver. You'll come in. And you know, there's so many funerals we've done of people that came here but came too late. What I mean by that, I mean they knew what we had, but they didn't like the tongues. They knew what we had, but because they didn't trust God with the tithe, they didn't like us talking about tithing. And so they, they, they wanted the blessed me part, but they didn't want the discipleship part. I said by the time it come that they were too far gone, we couldn't help them. And so that's what he's talking about here. Don't be wavering. It says here, like the sea, for verse 7, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you're a waverer, sometimes you're quoting the word, and then the rest of the time you're quoting the problem. Sometimes you're telling God uh, how big the mountain is, and then, man, you come into church, you had a really good week, good report, you're jumping up down shouting, Glory to God! Glory to God! The mountain's gone! Until next week, the devil throws the mountain back up. And you look at the mountain. Anyway, here's where we're closing verse 8. Now, this here is the clincher for everything we've said. This, this here, this verse right here, is probably, probably the primary verse that got me to leave Indiana come to California. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so, as we were believing God what to do for our lives, and we started seeing California come into our vision, that was a big, 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 big deal to leave where we were with a dad and a mom in a nursing home, two teenagers at home who didn't want to move, for us to uproot everything and come to California, people we didn't know. The Lord began to give me this double-minded. So I, I would be open to coming, then not. He gave me that double-minded man is unstable all of his ways. And one day, he made this statement to me, and it changed my life. I was able to have faith for California. <clears throat> if a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, the Lord said this to me just clearly, then a single-minded man is stable in all his ways. Single-minded man. And so I began to look at that. And talk about that. And so I tell myself every day, I'm a single-minded man. But you know what? I didn't know what a single-minded man was. I just knew a single-minded man was stable. Because the Lord told me a single-minded man is stable. So about two or three weeks of repeating this verse and then saying a single-minded man is stable in all of his ways. Then the Lord said this to me. He said, a single-minded man is a word-minded man. Single-minded is word-minded. And so I've learned that in so many areas of life. And so the way the single-minded works is this. If you're clearly focused on a specific, specific verse or verses that apply to your situation, you're single-minded. 
no matter what happens, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the symptoms are, if you're single-minded, by his stripes I was healed. Has been laid on me, I'm getting better every day. Has laid on me, I get better every day. You might not be able to hardly get out of bed but if you're single-minded. Mark 16, 17, 18, Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You're single-minded. I'm getting better every day because Jesus said I'm recovering. I'm getting, you're single-minded. And it's the same thing with your money or anything else. When you're single-minded, it's not long for you going to see the answer show up in the natural. Amen. So I'll just say this one more time. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. So there's a prayer of faith because he said there was. The prayer of faith, Mark 11, 24, therefore I said to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive, and you shall have. If you believe you receive, you're going to be single-minded, keep on confessing what the Word of God says. And you know what? You're going to be a person that can move mountains with your faith. When you pray the prayer of faith, no matter what goes on, you say, glory to God. I spoke to that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, here's what's taking place. You may not see it with your eyes, but I'll tell you what, it won't be long everybody sit with you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Amen, amen. I'll tell you what, I preach, I preach myself happy again. I love it. Well, Pastor Dave. All right, hallelujah. What a good word for us tonight. And I, that is so essential for us to learn to pray the prayer of faith in our lives. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and um, have some time of prayer here. If you need prayer for anything tonight, we'll have our prayer team come on up. And uh, if you are in need of prayer, we'd love to pray with you and agree and see uh, God do something awesome in your life. Let's have Josh close us out in a worship song tonight, and we'll take just a few minutes here. Amen. And there's power in the mighty name of Jesus. At every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you
Yes, I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see her victory. I'm gonna see her victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see her victory. I'm gonna see her victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see her victory. I'm gonna see her victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see her victory. I'm gonna see her victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for Take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. All right, praise the Lord. We'll go ahead and close things out tonight. But who has been blessed today at church? Amen. It's been an awesome day all around. Now, of course, there's lots of stuff going on over the next few weeks and couple months. So just make sure that you stay connected and that uh, we take advantage of this awesome season together. If you want to uh, hook up with Pastor Katie tomorrow night in prayer at the city council deal, you know, she said to meet her there at 530. So uh, you can do that if that's something that's on your heart. And we're going to continue to see Barstow be blessed in every way. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and close in prayer tonight. And then we'll do our Barstow faith confession and we will get on out of here. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And Lord, yeah, there's several different types of prayer that we've seen. But Lord, we know that we can pray the prayer of faith and we can see some absolutely incredible results. And so in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that we will take this word tonight and be doers of it and not hearers only. Lord, use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go ahead and speak these words together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday.